Hello. How's it going? couple things I want to highlight from there. The daily prayer rhythm. At, well, actually, first, this is PV Potluck Sunday. Woo! Yeah. If you, uh, so many exciting claps with that one, isn't there? Like, wow, let's all have mac and cheese. That's great. Um, so if you didn't think about it um, and want to quickly run and grab some food somewhere and bring it back, that'd be great. Um, we are praying that the Lord would just have multiplied food uh, with people from first service coming back. But it's right after this. Great time to be together. Great time to talk and hang out. Uh, last time we had enough. And so if you're here, you're visiting and you're like, shoot, I didn't bring anything. Just come. And uh, we'll pray that it's okay, and I'll, I'll take small bites so you can have. Um, but it's really fun. The second thing is, uh, and we're, we're doing this prayer thing. We've been leaning in. This is the last sermon in the prayer series, but we're not done with prayer. In fact, I feel like it is the growth edge, I know, for me and I believe for us as a church right now. Um, and so we've been asking you to come join us on Wednesday mornings uh, for early, early, early prayer, 6 a.m. And we'd love to see you and come and join us. We meet right in here. We put a circle of chairs and then we put a chair in the middle and that chair is for Jesus. And so far he's shown up every time. So I'll let you figure out what I mean by that. Um, and then we're also asking you to jump in and join us in setting up a daily prayer rhythm. There's good historical evidence, actually biblical evidence that the early church had a prayer rhythm, morning, midday, evening prayer. In fact, if you look at some of the stories, like Peter happened to be on the roof when, or, or how do you say it here? Roof, roof. Uh, we say roof in the South, up on the rooftop, roof. Roof. Roof in New Jersey, roof in Tennessee. What is it here? Roof. <laughs> That was awesome. Um, Peter was on that thing at midday prayer. And that's when he got the vision. And so we're, we want to learn to do that. And I want to just say this in the last five years, two things have the Lord has used to change me and really work on some just stuff that he's wanted to work on in me over the years. But there are two things that have transformed. And one of them has just been committing to spending time in God's word every day just to be with him and to hear from him. The second has happened in the last two months and it's been this daily prayer. It's crazy what's happening. God is using it and transforming and things I'm thinking about and stuff that I'm starting to care about and pray for. He's doing that. Um, learning to just sit with him and ask him to do things in this world and in my family and in my own life and at Pleasant Valley. Uh, it's amazing. I'm actually believing that he's gonna do them. It's kind of crazy how that works. Like that he can and he wants to. So I just thinking about Christmas and being a kid at Christmas, I'm 50, but I still, I love it. Um, and there's something like even with, I, I love the image of a just blanket of snow. And I haven't lived in Minnesota long enough, only 12 years to hate the snow. And so I love it. I love it. And when it snows, like there's this part of you where you're just like, the world is saying, God is saying, shh, listen. Isn't that weird how the snow actually creates a sound blanket too? You walk outside and everything's just like, why is it so quiet? Why can I hear my breath? But I think it's a, it's a reminder. And I love kind of this 
Narnia. Like, I want to go down that path just around the corner, find the lamppost. It's very Narnia. It's very much like, what, are, what is the Lord calling me into? And that's kind of what I feel with prayer. I want to grow. There's a mystery there. There's something that I'm not experiencing yet. And so I want to do it. I want to go there. I want to learn that. And so being a kid at Christmas, this wonder that came over my heart when my grandmother handed me the Sears wish book. Does anybody know what the Sears wish book is? It's like 900 pages of glory. And she would say, pick a gift in the Sears wish book. And I'd be like, shut up. I mean, I didn't say it to my grandmother, but in my head, I was like, shut up. So I would study the Sears wish book. I would turn those pages. I would circle things. I would note details under things I wanted. And I would tell my parents about them. Did you know that you can get a clock that is digital? It has a radio. It has a button on the top you can press and it grants you sleep. If you just press that button, it is permission to sleep. Which, by the way, if you're newly married, that is not permission to sleep. You do not use the snooze button when you're newly married. I'm just going to tell you, it's a little gift right there. Don't do it. It's not a good idea. But I would tell my mom and dad, like, look, and you, you start talking them into with my grandmother. You know why I need this? You know, you know why? Let's just do it now. You know why I need this Apple Watch, mom? I can get myself up. You won't have to worry about me. I will be able to tell time. It'll be (laughs) like kids come up with just amazing ways to describe why they need a certain gift. I was so into the Sears wish book that I would tear out pages and thumbtack them to my wall. I want this. And one year it was this football uniform with a helmet and shoulder pads and knee pads. And I would make sure that my grandmother knew all those things were included. Make sure you get the one. I don't, I don't just want the jersey. I want the one with the helmet because apparently I was going to hit somebody even though nobody would have played with me. But I remember I got this uniform and I'm just like, there's a picture of me just standing there in it. This little guy, it's like nobody to play football with, but I got the gear. The next year I wanted a ventriloquist doll. <laughs> And the name of the doll was Mortimer Snurd. I don't know if you know who that is, but I got that doll and I still had it years and years later, enough where I put it in my daughter, oldest, my oldest bunk bed and would cover him up with just, just perfectly at the top bunk bed and cover him up on the pillow where she would climb to the top and flip out. She could leap across the room because Mortimer Snurd was in her bed. I know, I'm a great dad. Um, <laughs> But these were the things. These things were awesome. I wanted them. I, I was asking. Isn't that weird? At Christmas time, you get to this thing as a kid and you're like, this is the moment. This is the moment when all bets are off and I can ask for moonshot stuff. I can ask for huge things. Wouldn't it be amazing if there was a wish book that had the greatest gift you could ever want and you could ask for it and you could get it. Wouldn't that be amazing? Obviously, I'm being a little cheeky. I think that's where God is kind of moving my heart this week as I thought about this stuff. It's like, I want to get back to that place where I actually believe that he has amazing gifts for me, for us. But 
you may have experienced this too. As I've been moving forward and trying to do a daily prayer rhythm, trying to grow in prayer, some good things are happening and some bad things are happening. There are those days when you're feeling it. And it's like, I feel so close to the Lord and I'm praying and I'm thinking about it. And then other days when I'm doing the daily prayer rhythm and it says, you know, pray for your kingdom come, your will be done. And so this part of the prayer is where you think of things that you need to let the Lord have control over. Think of those things. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know today. I don't have much to say today, Lord. I'm distracted. I'm sitting there in my chair with the fire and coffee and trying to focus and pray and then I'm thinking, I wonder if I got that email. I wonder if this is gonna, I wonder about that. And I'm like, sorry, like, Lord, I'm sorry, I'm distracted. So some days it works, some days it doesn't. And then some days you're not asking at all. So that was where I started to go this week as I thought about asking for great things. But I thought about this moment of like, what happens when you don't ask? When you don't pray, what happens if we don't ask? So go to that verse, what's that verse? You have... Not because you ask not. And I went there too, because I'm a Western Christian, Western mindset, which we like to slice and dice the scriptures and just have like where we come and it's like, where's my verse? I need, there's a verse for that. Here it is. You don't have Chad because you're not asking or you're not asking in the right way or you're not asking in the formal enough way. Kind of where we started several weeks ago of like, it's not formal enough. It's not zealous enough. Is that really what God is trying to say? Is he trying to make it binary? Yes or no? Did you ask? Yes? Okay, then you can get it. If no, then nope, sorry. So what happens then if I'm not praying? What if I'm not asking for the right things? What if I'm asking for the wrong things? That is where we're going this week. And it's a familiar story. You have heard it. You maybe suffered through it as a kid at Christmas time because my parents made us listen to this, so- this story, the full story from Uncle Tom before we got to open one present. The Christmas story about Mary, Gary, hearing from the angel. So we're going to be Luke chapter one, but I am, we're going to focus on this because Mary is not specifically asking for what she's going to get. I didn't ask for this. So Luke chapter one, verse 26, if you have a copy of God's word, open it and you can follow along on the screen as well. Here we go. In the sixth month, and that is the sixth month of Elizabeth, her pregnancy. So the one from last week, she is well along in years, as Zechariah said, but she is now pregnant, six months pregnant. The angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came to her and said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. She was deeply troubled by this statement. Wondering what kind of greeting this could be. And the angel told her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. So whenever you read God's word, it's not the kind of thing that you read it and then you put it away saying, well, I've read that. I'm done. Like a textbook. Check it off. I never read to, need to read Luke 1, 26 through twenty thirty ever again. We've read it. Don't do it again, Chad. This was your one pass. You're not allowed to read it. No, that's not how God's word works. It's supposed to be meditation literature that you read over and over and you simmer and you think about it and you let the Lord's spirit work on you. And so there are clues that will start to answer some of these questions that we have of what does God do when we don't pray? Because there's one thing that Mary's not doing in this passage or before in this passage. And what is that? She's not praying. 
We don't get the specifics that she said, I want this to happen. She's not asking. Gabriel, same angel, same guy that went to Zechariah, shows up, wait a minute, in Nazareth. If God's going to show up after hundreds and hundreds of years, you're going to show up in Jerusalem. You're going to show up at the temple. You're going to show up with the most important message in the world to a priest to tell them this is what is about to happen. Now go out and tell everybody that the Messiah is here. But God takes a little detour. He gives a part of it to Zechariah. But the message that is going to change the world comes to a teenage girl in a town of a couple hundred people. How is that supposed to work? Nazareth, Lord? The hub of God's promises and what he's doing is Jerusalem, not Nazareth. Nazareth is podunk. It's little. Why would you go there? It's small. If prayers are happening, they're happening in Jerusalem. They're not happening in Nazareth. Not that they don't ever pray, but it's simple. It's simple. They're not, Lord, please bring the Messiah. We are here to stand. But like, it's just, it's simple stuff. Nazareth was looked down on. We know that later on in John chapter one, when Philip goes to find Nathanael to say, hey, I've found the Messiah. He says, we found the Messiah. He's from Nazareth. And Nathanael goes, what? Nothing good comes out of that town. That's an awful place. Who's this girl? She's a virgin. How many people know how old Mary was? About? Probably 13, actually. Which we'd be like, Call CPS, like there's something's wrong here. Like that's our culture. And sometimes we, we get a little confused and we look at the culture of the Bible, which is a few thousand years ago. And we say, this should be exactly like I experienced it today. And that's not how you're supposed to read the text. You're supposed to go, okay, that is kind of how things were at that point. They didn't have where they'd be like, hey, I'm gonna go and get coffee with this guy named Joseph. We're gonna talk and I don't know, I'm gonna see. See if there's something. No, it's like, hey, we've picked this guy for you. Okay. And this is your future. This is how you're going to survive. This is how you're going to live, how you're going to have money. And so it was kind of a, it, yeah, it was rough. So she's betrothed to this guy. She's 12 or 13 years old. Um, the time is, it's been 586 years since somebody has been on the throne in Israel, because they say that. She's married to Joseph, who's of the line of David, which most people will be like, yeah, David. Wait a minute. The line of David hasn't had somebody on the throne for 586 years. How many of you get excited about what happened 586 years ago? You know, there's this really awesome thing that happened 586 years ago. I don't know what it is, but it's awesome. Like we don't, it's not, we're not connected. And that's probably how they felt too. It's like, well, that's great. He's the line of David, but you know, I probably could trace my ancestry to George Washington or something like that too. It's not, doesn't mean that much to them yet. So this is Mary, Zechariah and Elizabeth praying for years for a baby. Is Mary praying for a baby? No. Is she praying for a baby that will happen outside of being married to Joseph? No. She's, but it's coming anyway. And I want us to like make sure that we are allowing Mary to be a teenager because we think she was like this superwoman. 
Now, no doubt, the amazing the way she responded, we're going to get there, but she was a teenager. What are you thinking about when you're a teenager? What are your prayers like when you're a teenager? Lord, I want to be a vessel for the Savior of the world. I want to see every nation come to know you, and I, I'm, I'm your person. Let's No. We're praying. She's like, oh, man, I can't believe I have a zit. I got to go see it. Why is that? Why are they prettier than me? I want to be funny like her. I don't really want to leave my mom and dad. I don't, I kind of, Joseph's kind of nice, but I don't know. It's kind of scary. Those are teenage prayers. Actually, those are 50 year old prayers too. <laughs> if we're, if we are authentic, those are the kinds of things that we don't have super for. A lot of times it is very basic stuff. That's what Mary's praying for. She's not praying for the answer that she's getting. My prayers as a teenager were break glass in case of emergency type prayers. Lord, if you get me out of this, I promise you nail it. You know, whatever it is. So that was the detail I kind of honed in on this week. It was the fact that she wasn't praying for this. How does God respond when we don't ask for the thing he wants to do? He does it anyway. He picks her anyway. He picks her anyway. His plan is so beautiful. And he says, you know, so you may say, well, maybe there was just something about her though. That was just so, like he said, favored, favored one. Like there was something about her heart or something that was so different. The way that's worded there, it's that you have found favor. It's found you. Grace is being poured on you right now. You have been picked. You've been chosen. God is coming to you. So one more reminder, she's not asking for what she's about to get. I think this is huge in prayer. She's not asking. Her prayer is not, let the Messiah be born in me. I want to make a difference in the world. No, no, no. She's a teenager between her and a God who wants to give her the greatest gift ever. There exists an awkward silence. You, are you that person in conversation with people when it's an awkward moment where you're sitting and you, you know, you've sat down, you talked about a few things and then Take another bite. You look around. Are you the rescuer of the awkward conversation? Some of you hate it so much. You're the rescuer. So, Chad, tell me about your background. <laughs> or are you very skilled in silence? And just, oh, the light is on you guys. Did you see that happen? <laughs> the Lord is wanting to say, I don't know. No. <laughs> is are you the one that rescues that moment? I've just got to say something. So I see, I look at this and I was looking for the prayer. I was looking for, here's this, what did Mary do? How did this happen? How did he pick her? And I've heard stories. I've seen little cartoons and things played out that show like angels flying in. It's like, oh, look, that's obviously her. She's got the purest heart ever. The Bible doesn't say that though. The Bible just says there's a teenage girl that God has picked her husband is in the line of David. The promise is going to be fulfilled here. So our silence doesn't mean God is silent. He's talking away. He is speaking. And actually, one of the cool things that we find out is Gabriel 
the angel that visited her and spoke to her, you know what he was doing 586 years before? Speaking to Daniel, who was in captivity with Israel. And guess what he was talking to him about? There will come an anointed one. So now here he is again. Same angel delivering the message to the girl that it's going to happen through. Our silence doesn't mean God is silent. He's speaking, he's moving. But Mary's not actively praying that God would use her to bring about significant change in the world or in the kingdom of God. She's just trying to make it through her teenage years. It doesn't matter. You've been graced by God. You've found favor. So maybe you haven't been praying. Maybe you haven't tried this. Maybe you're so glad this is the last message in the series. Maybe he'll be quiet about the prayer thing. And maybe you've like, I just can't do it. I don't want to do it. I don't know how. It feels awkward to me. I'm just, this is how I feel in prayer. Don't call on me. I don't want to be with a room of people. I don't want any people to look at me. A lot of you are like, I'm not going to that prayer meeting because if I go to the prayer meeting, they're going to want me to pray. I don't want to pray. I don't pray out loud. And if I pray silent, they're going to think I'm not praying. So this awkward silence, if that's what you've got, you know what the Lord says about that? Perfect. I can work with that. I can work with that. Because the lights are about to come on. Luke 1, 31. Next verse. Gabriel speaking. Now listen. Same words he used to Zechariah. Now he uses them to Mary. Now listen. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You will name him Jesus. He'll be great. We call the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. This is a teenager. Think about this. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will have no end. And Mary asked the angel, just one question. How, I've, how can this be? I have not had sexual relations with a man. Mary up to this point hasn't said a word. She's definitely shown some fear on her face. That's why the angel says, don't be afraid. Anytime you see angel in the Bible, I know we've said this, but for those who don't know this, the paintings of the little naked babies with the arrows and stuff, no, that is not how it is. Angels are scary. People freak out every time there's an angel, which is why they always say, don't be afraid. I'm not gonna hurt you. So she hasn't said anything to this point. And Zechariah says, listen, just listen. That moment where the snow is falling and it's quiet. And if that's where you're starting, it's a great place to start. If you're saying, okay, I haven't been praying. It's been awkward silence. Well, now what do I do? Listen. God says, listen to what he's going to say. Put yourself in a position to listen to his voice. And if you're not sitting down at some point during the day and actually saying, opening God's word and saying, Lord, speak to me. I'm listening. It will be hard to hear. It will be hard to hear. But when you put yourself in that position, this is why we're inviting you to the daily prayer rhythms, why we're inviting you to spend time with him, get in a small group, get with other people who know him. You start to listen, you start to hear. And so you move from an awkward silence to flickering lights. Like it's starting to just buzzing a little bit. Prayer is conversation with God. And sometimes there's silence. Prayer is also connecting to a power that is so far beyond you, something that you cannot even imagine, but God wants to connect you to that. And sometimes you connect and it's just a little bit of a connection 
and the lights are flickering in your heart and your mind and you're starting to get there, but there are little problems. It's on and off. It's not quite there. You have questions. There are things that don't quite make sense. So I love uh, Christmas lights. I don't like putting them up. (laughs) And there had been a tote bucket of lights sitting on our porch for a while. And my wife yesterday asked me, she's like, you gonna put those lights up? I was like, I am thinking about putting those lights up. I'm I'm thinking about it. Um, Eventually I went up there and I got up and I said, hey, I'm gonna put the lights up. I was like, you wanna come? She's like, no. (laughs) So I went outside, it was gross and messy. And I started to put them on the shrubs and stuff like that. And I've learned this thing you can do. It's like, it's important to plug them in before you wrap them around a bunch of things. So I wrapped a bunch around and I plugged it in. And what did it do? And this is me having, I could have caused this because when I got the lights out of the tote, they were in a big demonic bundle. And I was like, you know, trying to pull them apart. You shake them and you do this stuff and every once in a while. And so as soon as that buzzing happened and the flickering, the first thought in my head was, which light is it? I will kill you. (laughs) I know, super spiritual and way to go. But this is like, I'm like, all right, yeah, a few thoughts there. Just got to get the lights. So I took a cord and I figured out it was one cord and I threw the cord away. Flickering. If you have some flickering in your communication with God, things are coming on and off, don't throw it away. Don't throw it away. Ask him a question about it. And that's what I love about Mary. She's confused. She's hearing all this stuff as a 13-year-old about a baby, pregnant. So she kind of just think about it. Okay, she's processing the words. Pregnant. Whoo, that's intense. A boy, awesome. Name will be Jesus. We think that was a moment where she would have been like, because oh, Jesus actually spelled out as means he will save his people from their sins. But there were a whole lot of Jesuses back then. If you remember, we talked about Barabbas when Jesus or Barabbas, it was Jesus or Jesus Barabbas. Both had the names, very common names. So she wouldn't have thought, wow, that's amazing that his name is Jesus. Pretty common name. So Jesus God saves, he will be great. He will be called son of the most high. What? Wait, say that again. Son of God, he will be on a throne. What throne? He will reign forever and ever. Flicker, flicker. Things are happening. She's trying to figure this stuff out. It's not a random power source. These are strings of lights that go to eternity. They're plans from God, but she's struggling. It is connected all the way back to Daniel. It's all the way back to Genesis. It's before the foundation of the world. This plan is being played out right here. But as far as her understanding as a teenage girl, and this is where we get to us, as far as our understanding of what it means to follow him, be in conversation with him, be in prayer, the lights are kind of blinking. They're on and off. They're not burning bright where we know exactly what to say or what we're doing. And so the flickering kind of leads to questions. And all she can think to say at first, this is the first thing she says. And I'm going to call this prayer because what did Gabriel say to Zechariah? Well, how do I know? You know, Zechariah's like, how do I know this can happen? You know, my wife's really old. And is 
Gabriel said what? I am Gabriel and I stand in the presence of God. I'm here to deliver a message. I speak for him. And so we don't have yet the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We don't have that whole thing. And so for her to speak to Gabriel, he is in some ways a messenger mediator. And so what she says to Gabriel, is it going to make it back to God? Yeah, it's going to go all the way to the throne room. And so her first prayer is this. Hey, what? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't usually talk about this, but... I haven't had sexual relations with a man. That's the first words out of Mary's mouth in this moment of the moment of moments where we know like we're getting, this is the gift. This is the gift. And that's all she, that's, that's where she's at. Can I just ask a question about how this is going to work? I learned this in school a little bit, but I don't know, like, wow. It's a little different than Zechariah who'd been in the temple, a priest praying for a long time. She's saying, how is it going to work? What are the kind of a little bit of the steps? What are the things practically? Because I know I haven't. And so how is that going to work? Flickering lights are a good thing. When the lights flicker and your relationship with God, you want them to stay on. You want them to burn bright. So how do you get them to burn bright? Or how does the Lord make that connection? You ask questions. That's relationship. It's being in this place of talking, conversation, of connecting to his power. And no, it isn't where you're just lit up and now it's all done and I'm great. There's this ebb and flow of walking with God. And so she asked something so simple. I'm so sorry to ask something so simple, but how's this going to work? We should do the same. It was the stopping place for her. She couldn't get to son of God. She couldn't get to eternal throne. She couldn't get to all these other huge things, son of the most high and all these, whoa, 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 whoa. She's just like, I don't know how this is going to work because then I haven't done that. And I know that leads to this. And so humble, but that's the stopping point. What is your stopping point? What's the place in your walk with God right now where you walk up to it and it's like, boom, can't go past that. For some people, it's big things in the world, pain, suffering that's happening in places where you don't think it should happen. And you're like, I am running into this wall, God, and I cannot get past it. And therefore, I kind of don't trust you a little bit. That's hard. Or this hasn't been answered. What am I supposed to do? How can I fix this? So here's a cool thing that I've started to learn about prayer. Where you have a stopping point, where you have something you don't understand, where you have a person that you're supposed to love that you don't have the ability to love, where you have something where you're hoping for an answer and you have no idea how it's going to happen. Guess what the link is to that? Prayer. Prayer is your link to the things that you think are impossible. Because that's what he says to her. Hey, this is not going to be impossible. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible you don't have to have full understanding to be in relationship. In fact, relationship is about listening. In awkward silence, listening, and then asking simple, basic questions as the Holy Spirit starts to make connections in your heart. God has made incredible promises to us in his word, beyond our understanding, things that we don't get, we don't understand, they don't fit in our boxes. And he's beautifully crafted a story that will lead you to understand important big picture things like what? 
What are those things? Well, that life without God is empty. Now you may say, yeah, I agree with that. Do we live that way? Do we live that way? Or is, do we think life actually kind of fills us up a little bit? That we need saving from ourselves, from sin, from darkness, from evil, from injustice. We're like, yeah, yeah. But do we always believe that? That the answer has come in Christ. That he is our answer. Yes, I believe that. Am I living that? Our, start, our stopping points are the places where we ask questions. Let's get even more specific down to practical things about following. Because those are kind of truths that you can pull from the Bible and you can kind of say where you don't interact with them very much. But when you start to ask things like this, Lord, how can these things be true about you and your kingdom? Because everybody else around me that I go to school with, that I work with, my own friends think this is ridiculous. They think I'm nuts for actually believing this. How can it be true when they all think it isn't? And I feel all alone in this. Everybody else is ignoring you. So how can it be true? The world, honestly, God, if I'm, if I'm being honest with you now, and I'm trying to be honest. It's a funny statement, isn't it? That we say, if I'm being honest, we'll do it all the time. Good night. You know, be honest. <laughs> I think sometimes the world is a whole lot more fun than church. Church seems weird, God. Things I've heard in there just seem like, okay, we'll do that on Sunday. Monday through Saturday seems like the real world. This is honesty. This is authentic questions when you're in a place, not just going through the motions every week and like saying the things you're supposed to say. The written prayers that we read in scripture, oh, I'll just say the things I'm gonna say. Like, no, I'm asking, Lord, I experience a lot of hurt. People are experiencing a lot of hurt and bad things in this world. What do you have to say to that? Have you asked him? Have you asked him those specific things? God, people tell me that because of that hurt, you aren't real, that you don't exist, or that if you do, there's something wrong with you. How can all of these things be? How can this work, God? Are you asking those questions? If you wanna grow, you move from awkward silence, listening, Ask the simple questions. What is your stopping point? So what can happen if we do this? Verse 35, the angel replied to her, the Holy Spirit, now this is an answer to her question. How can this be? Okay, practical, very simple. Not, this is amazing and this is gonna be the saving of the world. No, no, I wanna know the mechanics of this. How's this gonna work? Here's the answer. The angel replied to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you the power of the Most High will overshadow you. You need to be thinking Genesis, God hovering over the waters of the chaos to create something new. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And consider your relative Elizabeth. Even she has conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who was called childless. Nothing will be impossible with God. Mary has a moment to think about it. Okay. Okay. See, I am the Lord's servant, said Mary. May it happen to me as you have said. Now that is an incredible moment for a teenager. 
Then the angel left her. So what's the difference between Mary and Zechariah? Both of them asked the question. Zechariah got a gift of nine months of silence, but he had also been praying for these things. As the priest is in the temple, is doing all the things. And then he said, well, I don't really know. How can this be? My wife is old, well along in years. Remember, that's what he said. She's well along in years. So you're going to get some silence, time out with Jesus to think about this stuff. But when Mary asks, it's like, okay, let's go there. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about how God is going to put himself inside your 13-year-old body. That's what we're getting down to here. Let's talk about how God's going to be in your womb. This is wild to think about. Mary, God himself, in the person of the Holy Spirit, will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So he will be called the Son of God. I want to see Mary's face at this point. If there's a mic drop moment, this is it. Son of God. Okay, this is pretty intense. If, what is the, if you could get security cam footage of this moment, what would the expression be on Mary's face? Is she crying? Is she terrified? Is she making a funny, confused face? What face would you make? God is so good, patient, kind, gracious, merciful, loving, that he knows that Mary needs just a little bit more. So he doesn't, he doesn't mic drop it at son of God. He actually says, hey, you know what? Your relative, Elizabeth, she's old and she's pregnant. I love this part. I love this part because sometimes I feel like that's what I need. Can you just, you ever have those moments where you're trying to figure something out in prayer and you know, it's like, okay, I know the normal thing is that I'll just feel a peace. It'll be good. I'll feel good about it. Every once in a while, you know what I want? I want a cloud that is shaped in a word. <laughs> and even, can we just go ahead and put my name up there too? Let's go beyond initials. Let's go Chad. Here's the answer. Can I just get that? I love that God says, go ahead, give her a little more. And so very specific stuff at her question too. God loves these questions. Holy Spirit, and oh, by the way, it's happening in Elizabeth. She's old, but yet she's pregnant. Nothing will be impossible. So just like that, awkward silence has moved to full-on conversation. Flickering lights have started to burn bright. And now as if she's emerged from the depths of the dark ocean of unbelief, she is <gasps> catching God's breath. This is how we grow, guys. This is how we grow. This is how we move forward in a life of relating with him and conversation. How do I know she just caught God's breath? Her prayers are changing. She went from how can this be to, and I'm going to translate it into 2022. Tell God I'm his girl. Let it happen. Tell God I'm his girl. Let it happen. This is the moment. She breathes in obedient submission Prayer is conversation. Prayer is connecting to power that we can't understand, but is so great. And prayer is breathing. Breathing. True discipleship, you listen in awkward silence. You ask questions. You believe his promises. You submit to his word. And then you do it again. 
You sit in awkward silence. You listen to God. You ask questions. You believe his promises. You submit to his words. And then you do it again. (gasps) It's breathing. You don't take one breath and say, I'm in. I don't ever have to think about this again. It's everything in your life. It's everything in your life. She's asking about specific things. And so as she breathes in the eternal oxygen of the Lord, something's happening. And so we don't know when this moment happened because you go to the next verse and what it says is Mary went to see Elizabeth. And when she showed up, John the Baptist in Mary's womb or in Elizabeth's womb went like this, flipped out, jumped and leapt at the presence of God in Mary's womb. And so Elizabeth says this amazing thing. I can't believe I'm around the mother of my Lord. You know, it's this awesome moment. So in between this and that, Jesus, you know, showed up in her womb. God became flesh somewhere in between these lines. Got to read in between the lines of scripture. I think it's right here. Speculating, but I think it's right here. Let it happen. And it happened. Life of God, literally, the life of God begins to grow in her womb. And figuratively, it's the same for us. As we submit, we listen, we ask questions, we believe, we submit, the life of God begins to grow in us. And all of a sudden, this teenage girl is the most interesting person in the world. And no one except for Joseph knows it. And he only kind of knows it. Imagine this moment for her two or three months later. She's sitting there and this, she knows that she's not done what she asked the question about, but a baby is growing. And she's thinking, this is impossible. (laughs) This is impossible. But he's growing. She's maturing. She's becoming. And it all started with awkward silence. So if you've noticed anything about the prayers I've picked, they've all been things where it seems like, that's like a C minus. <laughs> like if you're grading prayers, guy on the thief on the cross, C minus, last minute. Prayer at midnight, you sure waited too long, B minus. Zechariah, questioning as God gives you the answer, C minus. Mary, didn't pray at all, C minus. That's not how God works. But it is how grace works. It is how grace works. It's not about effort. It's about God showing up and answering, Lord, I didn't even know to ask for that. But now that I've received it, I love it. What a gift. What a gift. He wants to do the same for you. So where are you starting Where's your spot? Could be awkward silence. It could be defiant stop at a place that you know is something that you cannot get over. You need to start asking questions. And some, you already know what it is. You already know that place and God is just asking you to submit and to obey him. I think Mary's story, and I think honestly, the whole story leads us to the same place that he is the answer. He is the gift we didn't even ask for but he's the answer. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this teenage girl who I just, I love God, her response. Um, Love the way 
She listened. I love that, that it was a simple question that she asked, that it wasn't the super spiritual theological kind of string of sentences that came together. They were just simple questions of wanting to know how this works. And God, we've got questions too. We've got these places. Um, I pray, Lord, that your spirit would uh, be leading and moving in our hearts. God, you want to talk to us. You want to give us wisdom. You want to give us life, life abundantly. Lord, we are to be your emissaries, your agents, Lord, ambassadors of truth and the love and the kindness and the goodness of God. God, the same way you were showing up for Mary and for Zechariah, for that friend at midnight, Lord, for the thief on the cross, all grace, just all over the place. God, we are to be that for people in the world. We're to be that messenger that comes and says, you found favor, my friend. I know you weren't asking for it, but God delights in you. God loves you. Lord, I pray we would hear that message for our own hearts. We would also be willing, Lord, to just say the way Mary did very simply, Lord, let it happen. Let it happen in me. If that is to say, let it happen, that the life of God forms in me for the first time, Lord, let it happen. And if it, if it is to move past something that I believe has just bothered me about you, Lord, and I can't get over it, then let us ask those questions and submit to who you are, what you're saying. Lord, uh, thank you for just this consistent message in scripture that it wasn't anything in us. It wasn't anything in the location. Lord, even we're going to sing about Bethlehem here. It wasn't anything about any of these places or the people. It was you. You were the gift. You are great, Lord. You are the son of the most high God. You are God with us, Emmanuel. Lord, you are a mighty God. You're our everlasting father. You're our prince of peace. Lord, we just say in faith, we believe that the increase of your government will be no end. It will rest on you, Lord. We can trust you. We can trust you this morning with the things that are bothering us in our life. We can trust you. You're a good father, Lord. You're a good judge. You're a good king. We submit to you now, Lord. Uh, we pray even in maybe the awkward silence of some of us like to sing, some of us don't like to sing, and that's okay. Um, I love the line in this song, how silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given. God, in the silence, would you meet us? <laughs>